I'm about to say hello, so I'm going to just like hold all the sounds in. <laughs> you have a big hello. sigh coming. Let me just get them all out first. <laughs> oh, God, you, that got me. Could you that be semi-professional, Lloyd? <clears throat> No, we're doing this to be 0% professional, Rob. That's the dream. <laughs> That's actually the goal, to be zero we be professional. Highly paid amateurs. <laughs> okay. Hey, Rob. Cleanest start ever. Hey, Lloyd, how are you going? Really, really good. <laughs> wow. I'm happy. Uh, and you are unhappy on all other days. Except Saturday and Sunday before nighttime. <laughs> At what time do you tick over from being happy to deeply depressed? Well, the Sunday scaries kick in probably after <laughs> <you> dinner. <laughs> the Sunday scaries? <laughs> you like finishing chowing down on your probably KFC uh, and bathing yourself in Guinness and you just start like shivering? I assume just that's what happens. Just a slow sob, yeah. Oh, oh like um, just walked into an abandoned be- building hear the slow sob that you don't expect to be there turns into horror movie kind of slow sob. Yeah, except instead of scary, just sad the whole way through. <laughs> so, nothing happens. It's just deeply depressing. Yep. Shit. Uh, anyway. Well, well to, to fight that, <laughs> what poison are you putting inside of you? It's a Guinness. No. It's a, um, it's a, it's a limited edition can, though. No, it's not. But not... Not super exciting because it's a limited uh, edition because you've almost finished it and it's going in the bin. Well, it's the second one actually. So, <laughs> oh damn! No, because Guinness sponsors some stupid college team oh. that they're they're called the Irish. So I guess oh. it makes sense. But yeah, it would be so dumb just, if they uh, sponsored the. You got this. No, don't think I do. The Redskins. <laughs> Although, has that name been changed? It has. No, yeah. no, no. The, I don't know about the Reds. The Indians have been changed. Oh, okay. The Cleveland Indians. I, yeah, because that's that's about the extent of my American sporting knowledge. I know there was a team of some sport yeah. called the Redskins. Just like so many. I can't believe it took so long for someone to be like, this. Yeah, actually, wait a second. Shouldn't be this. <laughs> <laughs> but the Redskins is still a thing. I, I don't know. They might not oh, be. Oh, man. Hopefully not. Anyway. Uh, what, what are you drinking, Rob? Uh, coffee. It's a it's a sweet cup of joe. It's it's always morning here. Yeah, not not just when we podcast. Always morning. <laughs> Perennial AM. You live in an AM world. I'm not sure I'd be upset by that. But now that I'm slowly getting into drinking morning beers because of you, I, d- I get everything I want in the morning time. Maybe one day we'll do an evening record for you. Welcome to this episode of the Unintelligent Chat Show with me, Rob, and you, me, Lloyd, <laughs> you, me, Lloyd, and you, whoever you are, hopefully lots of people. We're here again to talk about interesting or exciting things without really knowing anything about them. We have a trademark style and it's stupid. Yeah, it suits us. It comes yeah. naturally. I think. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Distance, Lloyd. It separates us. It does indeed. Uh, it wrenches Pulls the heartstrings. Where are you? I'm in Boston, Massachusetts, United States, North America, Earth, <laughs> the Milky world, Way universe. What are you, a child? I think I think a, a very long time ago we were down south at the chocolate factory as kids in Margaret River, mm. uh, when it was like not as wildly popular as it is now. And I was writing in the guest book like, "Thanks for the chocolate." As this is probably as like I don't know, eight year old or something. <laughs> and it was like your address and I, I did that i wrote the whole lot into the universe and someone was waiting and they were just like are you serious <laughs> <laughs> it was funny back then yeah right it's like ah, my address is everywhere you know the big metal bowls they have of free chocolate yes my brothers and i literally took off our hats that we were wearing and used them <laughs> as scoops the and yeah. filled them up you and can- you could see the guy through the mirror making the chocolate looking at us like that's that's not you can't do that <laughs> you you can no it's longer morally do that. wrong. <laughs> yeah, you should feel bad. I thought you were going to say you stole one of the bowls. That would have been awesome. That's next level. Yeah, we should do that as adults. I'm down. Margaret River chocolate heist. <laughs> they made up with $10 worth of chocolate buttons. 
<laughs> so for all the people that know where Margaret River is and know what's north of Margaret River, they know where you are, Rob. But it's for me. everyone else, I'm north of Margaret River, Perth, Western Australia. And now, Lloyd, in order to, you know, properly quantify that distance for our avid listeners, what is your favorite kind of sushi? I don't. It's my wife's favorite food. I don't care for it. Like any sushi. You don't. No, you, I don't hate it, but I don't think I have a favorite. Uh, what's a temp? Let's just say a tempura one. I hate you and you've Love ruined tempura. everything. Yep. How many temporas? <laughs> no. All right. Well, you suck. Sushi's great. It's an excellent, makes you feel like it's healthy, but it's probably not snack and or lunch. I've estimated your average sushi, and we're talking about the stuff you get for lunch, so it's already sliced into bite-sized pieces for fat person convenience. And I reckon those bits are two centimeters long, right? So guess how many average bits of sushi you would have to eat, you know, under duress <laughs> in order to get from you to me. Oh, do you want me to give you an instant number or can I have time to think about it? Instant number. 2.4 billion. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of sushi. Hell no, Lloyd. Uh, it's just under 1 billion pieces of sushi. And we're talking stacked such that they would form one enormously long roll if you glued them all together again rather than on their side. Uh, 934,750,000 bits of sushi. And like not even That's... point, not even point anything, like round. <laughs> no way. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's like the Egyptians perfectly measuring the pyramids. We've perfectly measured the distance in sushi. So that's the end of this intro segment. It's a segue. No, no, I mean in terms of ever having to do this again because we've done it perfectly. What? In terms of sushi. You, you are lost. <laughs> I am. <laughs> You're like... The, the Egyptians measured the pyramids. We have now just perfectly measured the distance between us in sushi. So we've done it. We've completed the distance measurements. Uh, oh, I see. This, one was, this was the best one. This was the best one. <laughs> and now I don't think so because it's been rambling and it's terrible. Sushi is from Japan. What did you learn about Japan, Lloyd? <laughs> oh, dearie me. <laughs> I, I learned this week about another of Japan's excellent exports, the Tamagotchi. Such a weird thing. It is. It's very Japanese. Uh, the thing that... What? what are you trying to say? That it's cute and, and technological and uh, efficient. What about the Japanese war machine? Was that cute and technological? No, they became cute in 1946. <laughs> wow. Shouldn't we haven't have... even started yet. We went straight to World War Two. <laughs> Shouldn't have taken a gulp of coffee. Uh, all right. Tell me about Tamagotchi. Because uh, I know very little. I never had one. So... What got me on my deep dive into Tamagotchi mm -hmm. is reading that since they were released in 96, they've grossed mm -hmm. almost a billion dollars just in Tamagotchi. <laughs> this is a strong billions episode. It is. <laughs> well, actually, in terms of what we're actually talking about, a strong almost billions episode. <laughs> yeah, 900 million episode. That's great. That's so much. It kind of blew my mind because big companies and, and famous products, you hear about them working in the billions right but this is one toy yeah it would be like a toy company that had one specific like the old wooden cars that you pulled on a string like yeah. that, oh this toy made a billion dollars it's just one toy yeah how much how much does a tamagotchi sell for out of interest well back in the day um well they've they, they were around for so long the prices kind of changed but it always kind of sat around like the 20 dollar mark yeah okay that's um, relatively reasonable. I will get on to what they cost now oh, later on. Sorry. So let's do a little bit of Tamagotchi history. Tamagotching, if you will. I will. Tamagotching. <laughs> so they were, the, or the idea was created and thought up by a woman called Aki Maita. Okay. She wanted to create a pet that kids could have that didn't make a ton of noise. You didn't need to clean up after it, but kids still got the fun of looking after something. Yeah, you hear that, Reg? You're being replaced, buddy. Because <laughs> you make too much mess. Oh, they're so messy. <laughs> uh, so she worked at a toy company already, but she took her idea to an executive at another toy company. And that's huh. all I read on that little piece. So, so I you have to assume wonder, that her, her toy company wasn't into it. That's, that's kind of what I gleaned from it, is they were like, this is stupid and you're an idiot. <laughs> Damn it, Aki. Was, uh, was her toy company called Bandai? No, Bandai is the new toy company. Okay, I'll just shut up and carry on. So she took the idea to Akihiro Yokoi, 
Um, mm-hmm. And together they came up with the name, which is a combination of two Japanese words mm-hmm. Tamago, which means egg,、mm-hmm. and Tamodachi, which means friend. So it's a little egg friend. Oh, interesting. Because I also ended up at a translation. Egg friend makes way more sense. I think whoever translated it on what I was reading took exactly what's there. I didn't think about the two whole words. So apparently it roughly translates into egg watch. Egg watch. <laughs> well, I wonder if, if Tamagotchi now translates to that, but the original word was coined by two words. Yeah, which、Don't、is that's, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I didn't really. I had a Tamagotchi. I lived in Japan、oh, when I was a kid、lucky. in the, in the mid 90s. I didn't even know this as a kid. The, the whole story behind them is that Tamagotchi is a race of alien, and the,、oh, yeah. the toy that you buy is their egg. So that's why they're vaguely egg shaped, right? Makes sense. And the egg they live in protects them from Earth's atmosphere so that you <laughs> feed them and play with them and, and raise them. Inside their own egg. Wow, what a confined existence. That would probably yeah, not be allowed you if, you tried, too much. if you tried to do it now. It probably wouldn't be allowed. There'd be like protests and someone would get upset. Yeah, someone would. So they sold four million in the first four months. What? Which is so many. That's crazy. Wasn't it also、um, initially just released in Japan? Like the first year of sales was just, or six months maybe, was just in Japan before it went global. Yeah, for sure. And、uh, Japanese teachers had. So many complaints. I, I think it's probably like <laughs>、really? cell phones were、um, at the beginning of when we were at school and kids now, just like super distracting and annoying for teachers. Yeah. And for, and for adults as well now. I hate cell phones. Cell phones,、yeah. mobile. For our listeners that might be either have never heard of Tamagotchi、uh, or are slightly more aged, <laughs>、uh, what, 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 what even is involved? It's a tiny little thing. Yeah, I guess the size of a watch face is like a little screen.、Mm. And there's three buttons. And using those three buttons, you raise, feed, bathe, and play with your alien. And they go through various life stages. But also, if you don't feed, bathe, and play with it, they die. Oh, they straight like, up was, die. Yeah. When they die, <laughs> is that it? You have to go buy another one? <laughs> I think, I think they, you get another egg. Oh, you get like a, you can reset it. I think there were 10 different characters, and as you raise them through their life, once they become fully grown, they grow into one of these 10 characters.、Uh, do they evolve similar to Pokemon? I think they may have been slightly influenced by that process, but、oh, okay. it wasn't as in depth as what Pokemon created. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So, like you said, they, they、um, started just in Japan and they were a huge hit. So, they, they did a A free release before this four million units were sold, and they just gave them to school children. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> they, they blew up. Kids love them. <laughs> That's such a dangerous toy. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Exploding eggs? Come on, Lloyd. <laughs> God damn it, Robert. <laughs> and then they were exported to. <laughs> exported? <US> exported. Yeah, <laughs> nice. That was a really good yoke, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> to the US, direct to the US. Yep. And I found one reviewer who called it a gimmick and、oh. said that it's fun and it's cute, but it'll only last a couple months. Is this from,、um, from the release in like 97? This review?、Yep. And within two years, they'd sold another 10 million. That's unbelievable.、So、even if it is just a phase, like that's a success. Two years, you're good. You're done. You've, you've killed it. That, that's, that's my goal. <laughs> the lowest amount of time doing something for the maximum <laughs> amount of profit. It's the dream. <laughs> That's crazy. Have you ever heard of the Ig Nobel Prize? No. Ig Nobel、I、Prize? Have... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. No.、Uh, I, assume, I assume you're saying Ig like Nobel, such as the Nobel Prize. Right. I G N O B L E. It's、mm. sort of like a satirical N O B E L. Yeah, I spelled it wrong in my notes. N O B E L. I only know a bit about it because they had on another podcast the,、um, one of the guys that picks people who win these awards. Oh. And while it is satirical and they give the prize to really funny things, it's,、mm-hmm. it's not to people like you and me. It's to genuine、oh, devastating. scientists, entomologists, ec- economists that just happen to be doing really funny and interesting things. Oh, so, okay. So it's like. 
it's still an award for smart or great stuff, but it just happens to be a little bit amusing at the same time. Yeah, it's not like you're a moron and this is your dunce yeah. hat. Yeah, yeah, that's the Darwin um, Awards, so, I think. <laughs> yeah. So a couple of people who have won Ig Nobel Prizes, for example. So mm. two psychologists won it because they had a study where they could identify narcissists based on their eyebrows. <laughs> Good. <laughs> An entomologist did a study to prove that entomologists, who are people that study insects, are afraid of spiders, which aren't insects. <laughs> okay. And yeah, an I see where you're going with this. Good. Who studied the relation between obesity of politicians and corruption? Oh, strong correlation. Yeah, yeah, really strong. Interesting. So yeah. they won this Ig Nobel Prize for creating this unique gadgety school children. Oh, so the creator, the Japanese creators of Tamagotchi, won an Ig Nobel Prize. Yeah. Oh, damn. For, Which is like a really just- cool acknowledgement. Yeah, acknowledgement for distracting all the children of the whole world. Yeah, I know. It's it's a wear that badge with honor. As a distracted child, I, I'm on your side. <laughs> You're still a distracted child. Yeah. Do you want to? Uh, <laughs> do you want to shoot a? So I told you they sold 10 million in two years. Yes. Do you want to shoot a guess at how many they sold in the whole time? I'm going to start that sentence again. Nah, just carry on. Plow through. <clears throat> I'm just going to assume uh, I know what you're talking about and take a guess. Twelve. Do you want to guess how many they sold in total? I'm going to guess from my notes that it's 83 million. I had 82 million, so you're wrong and fuck you. No, it was like 82.8, so I rounded up and you rounded down incorrectly. Maybe you miscounted. Or you I didn't count them all. <laughs> <laughs> I dedicated all of my research time for this episode to finding as many Tamagotchis as I could. <laughs> Just sending emails, calling people. Do you have one? You have two. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Let me just note it down. Like counting days on a prison wall. My stu- <laughs> my studio room is just covered in scratches in the plasterboard. So you said you didn't have a Tamagotchi. No, we were. I was never never cool enough. I think we got told to I don't know, play outside. Some something like that. I th- I definitely had one, and I assume my brothers did too. I have a sneaky suspicion. In the same vein of my mother keeping all the Lego, which we spoke about. Oh, you reckon you've still got it? are in a box somewhere. <gasps> That's quite exciting, actually. And I say that because I want to talk about what they're worth now. Oh, okay. But you can still buy them. Well, there's so many ripoffs that are the same thing. But oh, Tamagotchi okay. stopped making them, but they did re-release for the 25th anniversary. They released a bunch of new ones. Really? I yeah. genuinely thought you could still buy the classic Tamagotchi. I don't think that company exists anymore. So it might be a Tamagotchi. Well, you can you can still buy the classic one, but it will be made in 2021 and then not made by the same company because that company doesn't exist anymore. Right. Okay. So they probably like sold the rights or something. I assume something like yeah, that. Because on, yeah, on, on the Target, the Target website, there are Tamagotchi branded Things that look exactly like Tamagotchis. And it's yeah, called... Well, it, was, uh, it, was, it started again. It's the Bandai original Tamagotchi. New yeah, well, stocks I just for said, sale from Target. I just said that they did a re-release <laughs> for the anniversary. Oh, is that like this year? <laughs> the 25th anniversary. Um, and uh, the re-release yeah, wasn't like... All right, you got me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's on me. <laughs> Carry on. So I, I, I assumed because the... Pretty po- Everyone knows what a Tamagotchi is. Yes, like sir. 90s kids, yeah, it's all, just like one all, of those identifying things. Everyone we know would know what a Tamagotchi is. They're not, they're not that expensive to get. I mean, they're not common. Not a lot of people are selling them, but it's not expensive to buy a 90s Tamagotchi. Like an OG. I thought they'd be, yeah, I thought they'd be more collectible. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, okay. Well, I don't know. 80 bucks US. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're sitting around that. You can get some for less. I think probably on average, like a one from 96, like an original one, mm. was like a couple hundred bucks. Okay. I found one for 3,000. Like <laughs> what? Red and white one. Oh, because they released like, I think I saw there's like like 44 different like versions. You know, they re-released yeah. with a new theme or color or pet or something, which is a bunch. And some of them you could like, Link probably through some early version of Bluetooth or something. I read it and it was like through infrared connection. I was like, do you mean Bluetooth? <laughs> yeah. 
and you, your your Tamagotchis could like be friends, and some of them could also get married and make more Tamagotchis inside your Tamagotchis. Wow, Tamagot- intra egg sex. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, but I think if that happened, then you would get a new egg, and your previous character just disappears. <laughs> the parents are like, all right, bye. <laughs> You're dealing with this one. We're out of here. We're going on holiday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but there, there, there's so many um, other ripoffs as well. So you can still yeah, get new ones for like five bucks on eBay. Yeah, right. I reckon it was just one of those things where as soon as you start thinking or talking about it, uh, you start seeing it. After you told me that this is what we we're going to be talking about, like literally that weekend, me and M were at the shops, M being the wife for those unaware. And I was like, I genuinely pointed out to her, look, there's a kid with a Tamagotchi. And it was weird because oh. I've never noticed. I love that. I love that there's still kids playing that. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is genuinely a child with a Tamagotchi. Because a Tamagotchi is a very pixelated three-button small screen. Like, he probably has an iPhone that has literally access yeah. to every game on the planet. And he's playing yeah. a Tamagotchi. But you know what it probably is? It's probably the kids that had the original Tamagotchis are now parents. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> so my kid's like, getting one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guys, look at this. It's the original re-release 25-year Tamagotchi. We've got to get one. The kid's like, what? <laughs> kid's like, Dad, I can count how many pixels are on this screen. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. When I was reading about it, apparently they were originally like direct marketed to, to teenage girls, which you're probably, you're probably also not allowed to do that anymore. And then they, I don't know if you, you've read up on this, then they created a masculine version um, be- because, you know, boys hate raising pets, I guess. Uh, and that was called Digital Monsters. Oh, Digimon. Which genuinely spawned Digimon. Yeah. Which in itself now is like, or was at least for a while, a whole other huge franchise. Like Massive, like yeah. TV shows and games. and Yeah, anime TV shows. This I, I think I saw on Wiki somewhere there was like 30 different Digimon-related movies <laughs> and games oh and God. everything. <laughs> and the masculine version, obviously, rather than care for your pet and, you know, falls in love with someone else's pet and you make more pets and you raise it, Digimon you needed to train, evolve, and fight. That's what men do. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Damn it, Tamagotchi. I hadn't, I hadn't read that, but it makes sense because... Uh, Bandai, the toy company responsible for Tamagotchi, were also a video game company. Oh. It was like 350 video games they were responsible for. That's wild. And Digimon was a significant number of them. Digimon was, I remember it being huge, but again, it was just like something I was not into. I think (laughs) I was not connected to a lot of things that everyone we grew up with was into as a kid. You're just too cool for school. Nope, I think I was just real Oh, boring. actually, you were too busy at school studying and making a success of yourself. <laughs> Are you calling this a success, Lloyd? Yes. Look where yes. I've ended up. Oh, yeah, great call. Hugely successful. So, yeah, they, they did, made like 300 games. Most of them I hadn't heard of or I, I knew about <laughs> just from being on the internet, like One Piece and Digimon mm. that are massive franchises. Mm-hmm. But they also had a hand in Pac-Man video games. Oh, nice. Not, not the original. Like, oh. Um, it's the only kind of Pac-Man that I'm into. They also had a hand in Tekken, which had a big impact on us because we're on, both pro fighters now. On everyone, I believe. Yeah, like we 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 cracked out the PS2 and played Tekken for multiple hundreds of hours. So good. And also Dark Souls, which is a big game that I hate, but it's big. <laughs> Why do you hate it? Just don't get it. Never enjoyed it. <laughs> I just don't understand. Oh lordy, I've I've never played Dark Souls. I have played Tekken and obviously. The original Pac-Man. It was recommended to me by a mutual friend who will rename nameless Travis, uh, and it was bad. <laughs> He's no longer a friend. <laughs> mutual enemy. That is my Tamagotchi list. Pray tell you have some offshoots to hit me with. Pray tell. Pre- uh, I am praying and telling. Here we go. That was great. Tamagotchi. I'm, I'm semi-tempted to buy one. Slash, next time, if you ever make it back to Australia, we go digging at your parents' house and see if we can find one. I would love that. So, basically, after I read all about your Tamagotchis, I wanted to know what other weird products had made their, I guess, inventors or developers just way too much cash. Oh, I love it. And uh, and then what can we invent? <laughs> I don't think we're smart enough. <laughs> but uh, 
All right. Can you think of any off the top of your head that are just the obvious one? I, I just think of things like the guy that in America that made a comfy mattress and now he's like a hundred millionaire and runs like political ads. <laughs> that's um, upsetting. <laughs> but that's uh, just like fresh in my mind because he's a lunatic. But I'm yeah, sure that once you say some, it'll click. And he made a and he made a mattress. It's <laughs> a crazy guy made a mattress and now he's doing politics. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, well, everyone's favorite shoe piece, Crocs. Oh. They are worth like I think the current company worth is like eight billion. Oh my goodness. For Crocs. And there there was a period after their invention where everyone was like, Crocs are the ugliest thing ever. But I think they're coming back in. They are. They really with, are. Along with the, the, you know, straight leg jeans, baggy clothes, and I hate Gen Z. You don't like Crocs? Do you? No, not at all. <laughs> okay, good. I, was, I thought we were about to have a strong argument. How about you be a normal adult and buy a pair of fucking slippers? <laughs> but because of that, I was like, are you serious? I looked up Crocs, comma, Inc. is listed on, uh, I don't know, the US Stock Exchange. <laughs> and I looked at their share price for the last five years. Oh, can it, I guess it? Uh, okay, guess what it was. Sorry, is it five years? Yeah, guess what it was five years ago. Eight bucks. Pretty much. Seven, seven forty. No yeah. way. Wow, that's really good. Guess what it is today. Thirty. One hundred and seventy-five dollars and fifty US cents. That means there are people walking around who are millionaires. Because of Crocs. By buying stock. Crocs stock. stock. <laughs> this is not even a joke. That's I hope they have they have number plates on their cars, on their Ferrari that says Crocs stock. <laughs> Crocs stock. Unbelievable, right? That I, makes me so angry. Because I put in the shares and I clicked on the five-year thing and it's just this like meteoric rise and the actual major rise. So, in 2020, they topped out at about 42 bucks. So, it's in the last year, Crocs stock has like quadrupled in value. It's really, it's Gen Z bringing back all the stuff that we thought wasn't cool. Yeah. And now we are. We should cool. buy New Balance stock. <laughs> Dad sneakers are in. I can't help but Google it. <laughs> it doesn't sound as good as Croc stock, though, does it? No, we'd have to come up with a better name. Croc stock. I don't think they're listed. Flows. Really? They may, maybe they're owned by someone. They're worth $4.4 billion. Oh, no, that's $4.4 billion in revenue. Anyway, Crocs, in, they're sold in over 90 countries. Good Lord. And their annual sales top a billion dollars, and yeah, the company's worth over eight billion, which is unbelievable. It's shocking. Shocking. Now, do you remember Beanie Babies? Yes. And again, I have all of my Beanie Babies at my mom's house. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I said I got her to send me photos of them all so I could go through and look up how much they're worth. Oh, really? <laughs> I haven't done it yet. They're not worth anything. Some of them are. No, they're not anymore. <laughs> Oh, that's dropped off? Yeah. <laughs> so, for those that aren't aware, they're just like small plushy toys and they were animals and I think they were given names when you bought them, right? And that was the whole thing. They had like characters and they were filled with like beads. Yeah, they were kind of squishy. Yeah. I had maybe like one or two and then, I don't know, I didn't care, started studying or something. <laughs> so, the guy that started Beanie Babies is now worth $2.8 billion. Oh my goodness. And apparently when it started, it was like a like a trading bubble. They were released and then the popular ones got really expensive and collectible. <laughs> but then, unfortunately for you, the bubble popped and now they're worth like five bucks. Well, I'm going to hold on to them forever and they'll be worth something <laughs> again one day. The bubble will return. I, I still remember I had, well, I, I forget his name. My dog chewed his tag <laughs> oh, with no. his name in it, but it was a seal. I had I a seal too. Because he had a really smooth top of his head. I ah. liked it. We had the same Beanie Baby. Nice. Well, I'm going to look up his name right now then. So we I, was gonna say, I was going to say, I was going to guess his name is Slinky, but that's just the next, next thing that's written in my notes because that's another toy. <laughs> oh my God. I just looked up a picture of him and it's just taken me all the way back to, oh my God, he's so cute. Are you, are you crying? Like? Slippery the seal. Yeah. Slippy. Uh, are you crying? I'm not crying. I am, just... I am bathed in tears. Someone was cutting onions, this all. <laughs> oh, M showed me a great video the other day of a cat sitting on a kitchen bench and it was genuinely looked like it was crying and then the camera pans over to chopped onions. <laughs> also, I love the stubbornness of a cat that's just like, I'm not moving. <laughs> I'm going to stay here, god damn it. I want your chicken. Anyway, let's... move those onions, I'm stuck. <laughs> let's push right on. Slinkies, everyone knows that story. Invented in the 40s. I can't remember why. There's a whole backstory to it. 
but they've sold over 350 million slinkies uh, with total profits in the billions as well. Unreal. And there are some super dumb ones. Have you ever heard of Chia Pet? I think it's an American thing. Oh, yeah. You like grow grow their head or something, right? It's like a little terracotta planter that's, you know, shaped in a dog or a cat or something. And you add water and it grows like, I don't know, maybe it's chia or some like micro herbs to kind of looks like the animal's fur. Super yeah. weird. Looks strange. The company has not disclosed their profits, but apparently at the moment they sell over half a million a year at $16 a pop. Wow. So they're raking in it for some bullshit planter box. <laughs> that probably cost them eight cents to make yeah tops unbelievable damn it there was a little period in the u.s where gary dahl sold pet rocks that's what the tamagotchi u.s reviewer that said it was a fad he compared it to pet rocks he said oh, people forget about it pet rocks was a genuine fad but it was real good for gary genuinely <laughs> just a rock in like a nicely branded box with a somehow 36 page care manual like it's a goddamn rock gary what have you written about it? Four bucks each. Oh and he made $1.5 million just by selling a bunch of fucking rocks. Unbelievable. And not only did he make that money, everyone knows that a pet rock is a thing. He's yeah. become like a staple in Western culture. It's devastating. Honestly. Maybe we could do like <laughs> child pebbles or something. <laughs> that, that sounds worse than pet rock. <laughs> the 45-page manual. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I don't think I could write 45. They just have to be really large with lots of diagrams just of the same rock on different angles. I have to imagine that his manual was a parody. Like it's just it taken funny. The, the total piss. Yeah. 36 page. It's a, like you said, it's a fucking rock, Gary. <laughs> Damn it, Gary. Hold on. Let me just see if I can find one. I found it. No way. Download the care and training of your pet rock manual by Gary Dahl. Training? <laughs> Oh, I'm going to get a virus by downloading this. I'm going to see, how do you spell dal? D-A- like, like roll dal? I was going to say, like the food. Oh, he is deed. <laughs> Does he look like a knob though? No, he looks really funny actually. He looks oh, like he'd really? be a laugh. Oh, yeah. so he's genuinely just taking the piss and made a bunch of money out of it. Great job. I, w- I wanted him to be on the podcast, but he has <laughs> he's moved on. First page, blank. That's a good way to use pages. Second page. <laughs> Congratulations, you are now the owner of a genuine pedigreed, capital letters, pet rock. (laughs) Important. Do not remove your pet rock from its box before reading item one in this booklet. (laughs) Copyright 1975 Rock Bottom Productions. (laughs) So Gary is at the bottom end of his tether and he's like, I have to do something to get out of this slump. Oh, lordy. Item one, your new rock is a very sensitive pet and maybe slightly traumatized from all the handling and shipping required in bringing the two of you together. (laughs) While you may look in on your new pet from time to time, it's essential that you leave the rock in the box for a few days. (laughs) So he's definitely taken the piss. Like, genuinely. It takes most pet rocks exactly three days to acclimate themselves to their new surroundings. (laughs) After 72 hours, you may begin to bring your rock out of the box and begin enjoying it. Oh, my God. Gary was <laughs> laughing. Note, if when you remove the, rem- the rock from its box, it appears to be excited, place it on some old newspapers. <laughs> Gary rock- got his first paycheck of like 20 bucks. and was like, can't believe that worked. The the rock will know what the paper is for and will require (laughs) no further instruction. (laughs) Oh, man. I want to, I would love to hear from people that still have a pet rock. Yeah, seriously. You said they were four bucks at the time? (laughs) That's four bucks is worth it for the the manual. Yeah, just flicking through it. Page 15, long distance attacks. (laughs) Oh, in the subsection, attack training. Does he mean if someone throws a, a rock at you? Uh, your, your rock is a loyal, devoted pet and can be easily trained to protect you and your family. Two basic attack methods, long distance and close range. Long distance. <laughs> Firstly, uh, I don't even know. 
In those is in the I have to read the whole thing. In those instances when your adversary is at a distance, brackets such as when a bully kicks sand in your face on the beach and keeps on running, <laughs> first wipe the sand from your eyes. Next, p- pick up your pet rock, shout the command, attack, <laughs> throw your rock, <laughs> and throw your rock at the bully with all your might. <laughs> Close range attacks. If you're threatened at close range, always use the close range attack method. It's the ultimate form of personal protection. Uh, Use the element of surprise. And it's got a sketch of a pet rock poised for attack. It's just a person holding a rock. Reach into your pocket or purse as though you were going to comply with the mugger's demands. Extract your pet rock. <laughs> Shout the command attack and bash the mugger's head in. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Now I want to know, if you own a pet rock, have you ever had to use it in self-defense? Uh, no, it's not self-defense. They're both attack modes. <laughs> yeah. So, attack. have you ever used your attack uh, rock? <laughs> oh, man. We have, have to stop. I have to stop. We're going to pick this up later for so many things. Whew. Well, that's... Damn it, Gary. Why did you have to die? Damn it, Gary. That would have been awesome. That's time on Tamagotchis and apparently Pet Rocks. Yeah, I wish I'd done it on Pet Rocks now. It's way more interesting. That is crazy. What's it time for now, Lloyd? Is it still a new segment? It's it's always going to be a new segment. The, the intro never brand, brand new segment. <laughs> brand new segment. <laughs> You guys are hearing an exclusive brand new segment. <laughs> for the third time. What's it called, Rob? Hashtag upward tweeting. I forgot the Hashtag name for a second. Tweeting. Yeah, that's why I asked you. <laughs> it's so new that we forgot exactly what it is. Brand new, in fact. The newest. Upward tweeting, where each week we uh, tweet someone that's just like so much more famous than us. It's a big list. And hope that... Uh, it's basically everyone. Yep. Uh, and... In the hope that they'll, you know, give us a shout out, acknowledge us, and fingers crossed one day we'll have a guest worthy of the Unintelligent Chat Show come on the Unintelligent Chat Show. <laughs> and if you're a famous person listening to this, that doesn't mean you're unintelligent. You would be, well, you can be. It's up to you, I guess. Yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah. This week was my tweet. Who did you tweet upon? This week, I tweeted... My tweet's gone. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw the background you put for our profile. <laughs> it's a black page in inverted commas. I thought it was quite good, attributed to Lloyd's mum. Genuine quote as well. Didn't make that up. <laughs> it took me a while, but I found the tweet that I sent. I am bad at this. I- I'm proud of you for trying. Thank you. So this week, Lloyd, I tweeted, The Lonely Island. The one and lonely <sighs> only island. <laughs> Honestly, heroes of mine. Huge, huge heroes. I was, I was just going to tweet uh, Andy Sandberg, but on his personal Twitter, there was a, like the statement was, "I use the uh, at the Lonely Island or whatever." So I was like, oh, he I is, guess. he's the Lonely Island on every social media." Oh, interesting. Yeah, he just adopts that. Yeah. What enough. did you say to Andy and Co. at the Lonely Island? Would you funny boys like to join us? Brackets unverified funny boys on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Been a huge fans since the beginning, and it would be wild. To chat with y'all. I couldn't think of anything super funny, so I thought I would just praise them instead. No, I love it. Also, unverified funny boys. I'm a fan. Oh, yeah. Good, good. Cause, yeah, yeah, I like that. No one else thinks we're funny just yet. Yeah. What did, what did they say? I assume that they said something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely came back with um, complete silence. Mm, that's, cl- oh, that's classic Lonely Island. The complete <laughs> silence move. Very funny. What are you going to say? That's classic hashtag up tweeting. No one cares about us. Great. Yeah. Let's move on. Moving on. What did you learn about this week, Bobbo? This week's learning on my side of the sushi-strewn pond. <laughs> fish eating fish sushi, can you believe? Fish eat, I mean, fish eat fish. That's, that's a pretty well-known <laughs> It's not cannibal, but cannibalism. They're just other fish. Don't know what else they'd eat. Yeah, I guess so. This week's learning is entitled Beer for Horses. Good. And that's the end of the show. We'll catch you all next week. Woo! No, so this week... A lot of my learnings seem to come from crappy Facebook videos because the algorithm now just sends me animal videos and interesting facts, and I see nothing. Algorithm. And I see nothing of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I was wasting my time probably at work and the only videos I watch are animal related or music related. And so this one was obviously animal related. And it was uh, it was one of those like, like wholesome, heartwarming videos um, about some group called Colby's Crew Rescue in Charlottesville, Virginia. And it's a, a horse rescue. So they rescue mm. horses from poor living environments or that were going to be sent to slaughter due to illness or reaching the end of their working life or, or something like that. Just the worst. Yeah. In, the, in this video, they rescue the biggest horse I have ever seen. Wow. Like ever. And I showed it to my wife who, you know, knows horses better than me, did riding when she was a kid. And she agreed he was enormous. Was he a retired workhorse? Let me finish the damn story, Lloyd. I'm going to keep interrupting you until you say something. So, All right. So, uh, he was a workhorse, right? Shut up, Lloyd. What kind of, what kind of workhorse was <laughs> He was appropriately named Big John because uh, he was like genuinely enormous, like just towering over people. I personally think they should have gone for Lil John, but Big John is okay. Both good names. He was a workhorse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> for the Amish who were going to send him for slaughter because he was he was getting old until Colby's crew rescued him like the wholesome people that they are. And it's, you know, classic heartwarming video. He's all like sad and a little bit beaten up and just huge when he gets there. He's still huge at the end, by the way. He doesn't shrink. <laughs> and, and at the end of it, he's like running free in fields, galloping around, making friends with the local tiny donkey, etc., etc. Oh, my God. That's so adorable. It's genuinely adorable. I'll send it to you afterwards. Please do. But the most interesting part of this was that he had a... A horsey condition that stopped him from sweating and you know sweating cools you down so uh, horses have the potential to overheat and the official like qualified vet person that came to look at him their prescribed treatment for this horse was beer excellent right if finally I have beer I, I sweat yeah <laughs> i think it's the opposite yeah i guess actually but like finally some good in this world so this this like 20 year old old retired horse living the dream out on some farm just having smashing tinnies as a daily part of his routine as part of his pres <laughs> prescribed necessary diet. What kind of beer do they give horses? They're like it doesn't matter. We just try all different ones to see what he likes. <laughs> no way. So what is it? It's just like the hops in the beer helps or something? So I, I did try and learn a little bit about it. So the condition is officially called anhydrosis and has obvious implications of heat stroke and stuff, especially in, I suppose, workhorses. And I guess the thoughts are that yeast and the vitamin B, B for butthole, <laughs> B for beer, Rob, the vitamin B in beer. <laughs> oh, <God>. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this whole episode is just now going to be called B for Butthole. <laughs> I love that it's a fact about beer and you still went to Vitamin Butthole. Your commitment to comedy is tireless. <laughs> but oddly enough, I'm so tired <laughs> from being hilarious. Oh, <laughs> and now because it's caused chuckles, it's got to stay in. I know. That's the worst part about laughing at my stupid joke. <laughs> so, uh, Vitamin Butthole in beer. Stim... <laughs> Uh, stimulates equine sweat. And like you said, you have a few beers, you get a bit of a sweat on. It's a thing. And apparently they also love beer huh. because uh, I guess beer is made of like malted barley and grains as well. So it's similar to their normal food, just with a little bit of booze and like sweetness from the malting process and stuff. Yeah. So, so this, this horse, honestly living my dream. Big property, sunshine, animal friends, Smashing titties. So good. Like, are you telling me I could be best friends with a donkey and just drink beer all day? <laughs> so, so good. Oh, Big John, you got it made. Yeah, got it made. So, apparently, there's no, like, real scientific evidence to explain why it helps. And there's no similar drugs. Because, you know, typically, we find something in nature that uh, appears to help something in medicine. People do a bunch of research and uh, extract whatever it is that's doing the, the good stuff and, you know, put it in a pill and make millions of dollars, right? Right. There's no, there's no similar drugs, so it's kind of not an official treatment, but if it works, it works. Apparently, Big John started sweating some more, so great job. Well, I wonder if it's um, they haven't done the research. I can't imagine there's a massive market for making horses sweat more. So anhydrosis is also a condition in humans, uh -huh. um, with no real treatment either. Do they get prescribed beer? No, it's not like beer's not on the on the list of human treatments, which is interesting. It's like, oh, don't do anything that will make you sweat too much, otherwise you might die. 
<laughs> I only looked that into sounds- that part of part of it very briefly, and it was like, yeah, you just got to avoid exertion. <laughs> Make sure you have a breeze. Wow. Who knew horses would have won that battle? Right. I think it actually goes back a little bit to <laughs> horsey sports, horse racing and such, this this practice of giving horses beer. It's not just for, for the sweating thing. I'm going to preface this by saying on this side of the pond, we're, we're not into horse racing at all, the, the event or damage to horses or all of the gross people that go to it. Agreed. Doesn't appeal, but this is where the story comes from. Apparently, trackside beer for horses is, is common. And Lloyd, yeah. you would make a great horse. It's, it's, just, it's Guinness, isn't it? Hey, <laughs> you did it. Uh, so apparently it's, it's probably come from like trackside uh, at the races in, in Ireland. Often horses are fed Guinness. And I read somewhere some guy was like at the races out the back. And instead of there being heaps of horse feed and stuff, there were just cases of Guinness. Oh my God, it sounds amazing. <laughs> Uh, so apparently it's used to revitalize horses before show jumping to stimulate appetite in picky eaters because it's kind of like their food but better so they just kind of pour it in the trough and the horse is like all right i'm in i'm into this now that would work on me as well (laughs) pour beer all all over your dinner all right i'll eat that (laughs) just spinach floating in a guinness Uh, okay i'll do it spinach in guinness gross and obviously to help with sweating and stuff so it's it's got a history of people just like pouring guinness in horse feed before races but unfortunately it's unlikely that you're going to get a bunch of schwasty horses tottering around because it would take so much guinness they're very big animals that is the first reason they are big boys and girls actually uh big animals uh so it would take a significantly more booze and secondly their bodies are actually way better at processing alcohol than ours. Oh. They've got a they've got a special skill. So they got well, not special skill, they got special organs, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's not the it's not their giant horse sticks. That's vitamin D. <laughs> D for dut hole. <laughs> they have special organs uh, <laughs> that have developed since grass and other greenery that horses consume. Uh, you know, like when it's uh, even just like lying in fields or in troughs can kind of start fermenting a bit. So they've actually adapted to be able to convert the resultant alcohol dehydrogenase, whatever that means, into energy. Really cool. So alcohol actually just gives them a little boost. I mean, it's really cool if you're trying to survive super lame, if you're trying to hang out with the boys. <laughs> just like tins of Guinness and everything strewn across and you're just sitting there having a normal conversation. Yeah, a little bit he- pepped up. <laughs> just a little bit of energy. I don't think horses are necessarily looking for a good night out with the boys, though. I don't know. I've never, never like met a horse and had a chat with them. You've never met a horse? Well, I, you know, I've met them when they've been around farmers, but they can't talk around farmers because they give it away. <laughs> never like chatted with them. <laughs> Shut up, Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> Did meet a donkey recently. That was Did one you? of the highlights of my life. Yep. Highlights of your life. Oh, I've always liked donkeys, and it's the first time I've seen one close enough to touch in person. Really? Yeah, it's very adorable. Donkeys are great. They've got great faces, great ears, and great attitudes. I think noise. They just like they just work, and when they don't want to work, they make a fuss. I love it. (laughs) They just make a fuss. Is that is that all it takes to get out of doing work? Just (laughs) kick up. Not in my experience. (laughs) I've done that plenty of times. I just get fired. Although that's how you get out of work, actually. That's true. But then you also get out of food and roof and... I I love both those things. Food and roof. That's the three. That's what horses... Horses are like, you know what? I could eat grass and roof, I could take it or leave it. Yeah. It's the three essential... Like, it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Food, water, and roof. (laughs) Not not shelter. Roof. (laughs) You know, I could make my own walls, but a roof is just one step too far. Yeah, can't do it. So that's beer for horses. That's where it goes. I've got a few other things, but I want to hear your thoughts. Your thoughts, feelings, emotions. They're all positive. Oh, nice. I love Guinness. I love horses. I'm happy they get to enjoy it. I did read about Tappet. You heard of Tappet? What? No. Tell me about Tappet. Tappet is is a horse listed as one of the most influential and breed-shaping stallions of the past half century. Oh, that's a good title. Influential and breed-shaping. It's like stallion in itself is excellent. Yeah. Damn. Tell me more about Tappet. He sired 27 grade one winners, 32 Damn. yearlings who brought a million or more at auction, what? 
and his sire, he's sired horses that have brought in almost $200 million of racetrack earnings. I hate horse racing, but that guy is a stud. He's killing it. He had a pint of Guinness before every race. Before, well, before every siring, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds I mean, like yeah. he was doing less racing and more, or well, different kind of racing. Just shagging horse. <laughs> is there a name for a female horse? Yeah, a mare, I think. Mare. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting on them mares. Yeah. Guinness, I haven't found that Guinness does that for me personally, but, you know, Tappet seems to be working for him. <laughs> you haven't sired a bunch of expensive children? <laughs> nope, not 27 grade one winners. <laughs> uh, I got a dog that makes too much noise. I didn't sire her. Good. <laughs> grade one winner is, a, I think, a different thing in, in horses than it is with people. Like, your kid did grade at grade one. There's so many more grades after that. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to keep doing it. You haven't finished. <laughs> this is not the end. Although maybe if they win grade one and then you sell them for a million dollars, it could be the end. That's true. I would do that. <laughs> you should not. The UCS uh, does I've... not condone selling children in any way, <laughs> shape or form. Oh, I guess. <laughs> I've got to buy back a bunch of kids then. <laughs> uh, I, got a, I got a couple of beer things. Oh, but yeah. Let, it... me drop, let, let me drop one more horse thing and then I'll throw the baton <laughs> back to you. What are you dropping? Saddles? I, got, I just got a horse fact that made me chuckle, and I don't have anything else to add other than these six words. All right. I'm excited. Horses can't breathe through their noses. That's real stupid. Surely they can. That's, I mean, like I said, didn't do any extra research, just made me chuckle. So, what's, <laughs> they can't breathe through their noses? What's all the whinnying and neighing about? Again, didn't do any research. <laughs> so, I have nothing to add but those six words. If you know anything about horses and their noses, please write in. I used to know a girl who uh, rode horses competitively. Maybe I'll reach out to her. <laughs> hey, I know we haven't spoken in a few years, but can horses breathe through their nose? Her name's Chelsea. Chelsea, if you're listening to this, she won't and they're be. like, what a one in a billion chance that this girl I used to know like 15 years ago is listening to this podcast. Chelsea, if you're listening to this and you're at horses, shoot me a message on Twitter and let me know if they can breathe. Did you say if you're at horses? <laughs> I don't know what I said. I just <laughs> it sounded like, with it. Chelsea, if you're listening to this and you're at horses... <laughs> <laughs> like that's Just ask her, them. That's her Twitter. Chelsea at horses. <laughs> that would be strong. We could have her on the show. We've got one uh, question for you, and then you can leave. And then we'll just kick her out of the, the feed. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. I got I got a couple of beer things, but I want to throw it back to you for your offshoots. Hit me with with what you got. <laughs> Turns out I like I went down a long medicine road, a long and lonesome road. Beer is medicine, so hops have actually been used in herbal medicine since about the 1500s, probably around the time that monkey boys, not monkeys, monk boys, monks, were <laughs> obviously- M-O-N-K-Y, monkey boys. Yeah, probably hyphen Y. No one's, no one's ever called the monkey boys before. <laughs> hey, monkey boys. <laughs> they wouldn't even turn around. Like, He's not talking to us. <laughs> Someone let the monkeys out. <laughs> that live at the abbey, the monastery- they're brewing their beer and they're learning about plants and stuff because they're the smart people of, of the time. Yep. So, hops using herbal medicine uh, because they contain phytoestrogens. So, I guess it's like normal mm. estrogen, but a bit angrier. Ooh. Fighting phyto. No, didn't land. What, what, All right. What? No, because I did make the connection that phyto meant fighting because they're different words and I wasn't on your level and I'm sorry. It's, it's fine. C- comedy. <laughs> We're so good at it. <laughs> nope. This back and forth. Is, it's, you, can't, you can't practice this. Yeah, because it's so bad. You should practice it. <laughs> so, since then, hops and their fisticuff estrogens have been studied. You didn't even laugh at that one. We already explained it. Anyway. Sorry. I, no, I did laugh. I was away from the microphone. <laughs> Damn it. I was fine. leaning. I did laugh. I'm sorry. It's, thank you. It's fine. They've been studied for use in preventing some cancers, which is cool. Wow. Boosting heart health. And most importantly, Lloyd, improving libido. Oh, you know, as soon as you said most importantly, my brain went, it solves erectile dysfunction. <laughs> so we were on the same level then. That yeah, good, good, good. And then I wrote, this is a tangent that Lloyd needs to pay attention to. Sorry, I guess. No, that's fair. I didn't laugh at your joke. I, I ain't that. <laughs> good. I, I feel like every- often there'll be bullshit articles probably floating around social media about eat these three foods to have a massive dong. Or satisfy your woman or something. You get those ads a lot, Ruff. <laughs> no, like I said, horses and music. Yeah, that's true. You did say that. I did. So, I'm sure, I was going to say, I'm sure you've seen a bunch of these, Lloyd. So, I want you to fill me in on those foods that you think are good for your libido. Well, 
I'm going to try and think like someone from the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to assume that they thought that phallic-shaped foods would help. <laughs> I'm talking like modern research, but we can do this if you want. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're just saying no, zucchinis. Middle Ages. Zucchini, <laughs> Eggplant, asparagus. <laughs> bananas. Uh, so you have actual science. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And it's food. It's food in the science, like a food yeah. I would know. Uh, uh, yeah. That's why I was talking about social media articles, big things for your big tongue. All right. Well, I'm going to go with some of the, like, shellfish seems to be a, that pops up a lot. Yeah. See, you're on it. Oysters and other shellfishy things apparently contain zinc, which helps to increase blood flow to organs. Hmm. You're willy. <laughs> you're willy getting involved with this one, Lloyd. <laughs> eh, eh. <laughs> yeah, that was good. And then I was like, I'm sure there's a bunch of other interesting ones. And it's all just about sending blood to organs. There's, there's nothing else to it. And, and then, it, then it just got, got boring. Hops are also used as, uh, as sedatives to treat insomnia, depression, nervous tension, and anxiety, mm. which was appeared to kind of have been validated with a real study of consumption of non-alcoholic beer that decreased anxiety in the sample of people that were doing it. Because you, you could say, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a sedative because I drank 40 tins. <laughs> yeah. Pass the fuck out. Uh, it was definitely the hops. <laughs> but apparently, yeah, non-alcoholic beer. The hops in that beer helped, which is a shame because it's basically everything in the beer except the booze that's good for you. That's the only thing I like. Yeah. How else would we express our feelings? Like, No idea. <laughs> I literally only learned your name after we got drunk together. <laughs> that's upsetting. Also, beer, um, I, didn't, I didn't research this. This is just something in my noodle. In my noodle. Saved a lot of people's lives during like cholera outbreaks and, and plague outbreaks. No, it didn't. Because uh, they couldn't drink water, right? Water was what was... I mean, the famous story in, in London of the guy that removed the handle from the water pump. No? Yeah, yeah. So he made a map of cholera outbreaks and realized it was coming from one well. So he oh. took the handle off the well and it stopped because the water was, was oh, fucked up. But awesome. before they realized that boiling water cleaned mm. it... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People like, oh, well, beer doesn't make me sick. Not realizing that in the process of making beer, you boil the water. Yeah, yeah. So people were just like, well, I'll just drink shitloads of beer then. (laughs) If only medicine was like that still. (laughs) (laughs) We Ah. just didn't go any further with the study. They just keep diagnosing. Have some beer, beer, have some beer, have some beer. Something's wrong with you. Quickly overconsume something that you actually enjoy instead of like, (laughs) have a a sleep. Take these disgustingly large pills and don't speak to anyone for a week. (sighs) Yeah. Well, I self-diagnose with alcohol and junk food all the time. I still do it. You're still alive. Yep. Killing it even. On this thing I was reading about beer and medicine, (laughs) there was just one good quote. Near the end of the article, it was like, beer could help you sleep better. It could help your skin. And then at the end, it was like, although beer does contain some nutrients, it's important to note that beer should never replace food. (laughs) Like, just in case you were unsure. Oh, okay. You know, I was going to get a salad and I thought, you know what? I'm going to get a pale ale instead. Yeah, it's got herbs in it. Herbs yeah, it's and... basically, it's vegan. It's basically vegan. <laughs> I got a couple beer things. Yes. Do you know when we think beer was created? Oh, it's, it's thousands of years ago, surely. Give me, give me a, a thousand. 2000 BC. So that would be 4,000 years ago. It was 5,000 BC. Uh, 5,000 BC. So 7,000 7, years ago. Yeah, they have evidence of it being created in Egypt, Mesopotamia, and Iran, which they're fairly, they're not opposite ends of the earth, but it seems like they were created independently. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, well, just a, when you get enough people, someone's going to leave a yeah. barrel of stuff that ferments, and then someone's going to be like, let's give that a go. Just look, And then they're going to get drunk and be like, guys, 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 this is the best thing ever. That was my drunk impression. Yeah, it, was, it was, <laughs> sounds exactly like you when you're drunk. Oh, that's terrible to know. So there's a Finnish epic called Kalevala. 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 It was written in the 1800s. So it was put on paper in the 1800s, but it's a word of mouth story that is like centuries old. Nice. Passed down through generation after generation and finally written down. Mm. It has more lines explaining how to brew beer than it does on the origin of human race. <laughs> Good. Well, because it's important. It is. It really is important. Like, what would we do without it? I'd have way less friends. 
I wouldn't have met my wife. You make all of your friends by drinking? Well, I'm just, I, I talk to people when I'm drunk. If I'm sober, I avoid that sounds them. That sounds like a problem. And to fix it, Lloyd, I'm diagnosing beer. Oh, good, because I have some of that. <laughs> Carry on. Thank you, Dr. Thomas. <laughs> oh, don't ever call me that. <laughs> Sorry. Just watch yourself. What an aggressive threat to end this episode. <laughs> uh, I did have a few more things about the beer medicine tangent didn't get me anything too amusing, but I know medieval medicine was terrible. Um, oh, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> so I had a, a quick look at that. There was actually a super interesting article about how um, medieval medicine was kind of basically medical advancement started with the Greeks and Romans because they were all about learning. And then as soon as the Middle Ages started, Everything was controlled by the Catholic Church, and so they stopped. And everything that was an illness was a sin. It was part of the human condition. And everything that the church didn't accept as good medicine or probably godly medicine was labeled heresy, and you ended up slightly off worse than the actual illness you were trying to treat. Probably dead or burned at a stake. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Hooray! So, (laughs) apparently the body was made up of four humors, yellow bile, phlegm, black bile and blood Mm. (laughs) hooray we're super gross and so all illness was thought to have been caused or disease thought to be caused by an imbalance of your humors which is why lots (laughs) of makes total sense yeah of course lots of treatment was about like bloodletting and stuff so if you just bleed it out you'll feel better oh like leeches and stuff or even just like i think they would just like cut you and get some blood out and then (laughs) (laughs) i think that's what it was Oh, dear. And the doctors, I guess, I don't know, they're probably called physicians at the time. Obviously, you can discover all you need to know about what's wrong with the person by observation, which I'm I'm into. Yep. Palpation. Ever heard of palpation? Is that heartbeat? No, that's palpitations. Palpation, apparently, is just having a little feely feel. Oh. Just touching it. (laughs) So, it's observation, touch, checking the pulse, which is quite good for the Middle Ages. Great job. So far, so good. Yeah. (laughs) And the fourth one, and... (laughs) Oddly, the most common, examining the urine. Right. (laughs) That's how you tell if someone's sick. Uh, And apparently at the time, in lots of like, you know, paintings and stuff, the symbol of the doctor was the old urine flask. Good. Surely far more effective than a stupid old stethoscope. (laughs) (laughs) I also feel like the first three, you you could learn like middle ages level medicine. You could glean a lot from looking, touching and heart rate. Yeah. And they just... Get a little bit of the pee, you know, swirl it around, give it a sniff, probably a taste, see what's going on. They they ignore all the bruising and the swelling and the pain. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it smells fine. I think you're okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Just drink a bunch of beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, not strongly advanced. And uh, a couple of the wonderful treatments. To, tr- to treat swollen eyes, tie a live crab around the neck. <laughs> of course. I have so many questions on this before you move on. Um, what is a, a swollen eye? <laughs> I, t- I didn't Google it. <laughs> like just like you have bags? like Maybe someone's punched. Maybe it's like a black eye to reduce swelling. And, and you, t- you tie the crab. It says around like, the neck and that's the end of what I read. <laughs> do it, its claws like hug you or do you tie a string to its claws? <laughs> just going to move on. If you had an eye, <laughs> an eye infection. And this is actually a, an old remedy that was proven to kill antibiotic-resistant hospital superbugs later on. Take a crop leek, which is some kind of onion, and garlic of both equal quantities. Pound them well together. <laughs> Take wine and a, and a bullock's gall or bile. Oh, it got worse. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mix with the leek. Let the, let the mixture stand for nine nights in a brass vessel. <laughs> ring through a cloth ring through a cloth clarify well put in a horn and at night apply to the eye with a feather sorted it's so many specific things S- so many steps i also love the idea that they there's no trial and error they did this once with the brass and the horn and the nine nights and they were like awesome that works and no one thought should we try one night or maybe you could <laughs> just put it in a regular bowl <laughs> nope it's gotta be brass they just accepted it. Uh, and that's, uh, that's probably all we have time for today, Lloyd. Very learned. We went, we went historical at the end. Just a little bit. Just a, a little dive yeah. f- from, from yeah. buttholes to his- history. Fire and butthole to medieval medicine. It's a, it's a good leap. It's, it's probably similarly effective. <laughs> <laughs> Yucky. Just apply one butthole and you'll be fine. <laughs> 
the local no not even gonna not even going to all right (laughs) we laughed and we learned uh, and it's over for another week it's all we can do it's all we want to do it's yeah it's all we have it's all we have in this world uh if people want to tell us everything we did wrong lloyd where can they find us we are on twitter at the ucs pod we can be emailed at the ucs podcast at gmail.com we'll be back next week which is definitely not in five minutes uh with some more learning and we're gonna do a bit of a special episode soon we do have a special coming up rob yeah uh and we 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 couldn't give two shits what time of year you listen to it but uh it's got a theme what's the theme lloyd oh we're doing a christmas special christmas special uh, it's going to be most excellent, eggnog-cellent. It's also, it's going to be recorded via video as well. I love that you've just committed to us figuring that out. Yep. Oh, we can cut it out <laughs> if, we, if we can't figure it out. So, no, if you're can't. hearing this on episode eight, we did it. Yeah. If you're not hearing this, then don't worry about it. There's going to be a special episode. It's going to be great. We've got a couple more episodes till the end of the season. We look forward to filling your brains with bad jokes and knowledge in another week's time.